All right, we are back. Welcome back. Well, completely butchered <laughs> that again. Doesn't even matter. Who cares? It's real talk. Yeah, I'm here. You guys know me. Brad's here. Brad, what up, man? Dude, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing much. Uh, you know, NBA season going strong. Um, seeing some new faces pop up on the Facebook, you know, page for Real Talk. It's good to have you guys coming along for the ride. It's been fun. Uh, see some new active members now. The NBA season's kind of kicking off, and uh, feels like a second kickoff with that blockbuster trade that happened last night. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I mean, off? transitioning. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were already going to do this pod. We had this planned already. Uh, it was going to be mailbag with some other stuff, but um, the the NBA gods set us up with what's going to be. Uh, a fun discussion today. Yeah, massive talking point. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll just go ahead and start with it. James Harden. James Harden is traded um, from Houston after, let's see here, he was traded last night, so the night before. So Tuesday night, he pretty much publicly in an interview, um, all in all, just says he's not happy in Houston, doesn't want to be here, it's not fixable. Yep. Um, my buddy had texted me and he's like over under three days. And I said, it'll be done today. The trade will be done today. Um, it sounds like that's what Brooklyn, not Brooklyn. It sounds like that's what Houston wants. Um, and here's the trade ready. It's a four team trade. Um, the Houston Rockets are involved. Obviously the Brooklyn Nets, the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Let's start with the Rockets. So the Rockets traded James Harden, okay, uh, to the Nets. The Nets got only James Harden. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo. Obviously, he came over from the Pacers. Um, Dante Exum. Um, I don't know this guy's first name, but Crooks, not much of a player. Uh, three Brooklyn first-round picks. One Milwaukee first-round pick. And four Brooklyn first-round swaps. So, for instance... They got four first-rounders out of this um, James Harden deal. Victor Oladipo, and they are able to swap picks with Brooklyn four different times. Um, and again, that I mean, is what it is. The Pacers out of this, in my opinion, come away as a huge sleeper. They get Karis LeVert in a second-round pick. And then the Cavs, this one kind of came out of left field. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think we'll see, I think we'll see an additional trade made. It's uh, Jarrett Allen, the the young stud center for the Brooklyn Nets, gets moved. And uh, Turian Prince gets moved there. So with all that said, that wraps up the trade. Let's go ahead and start. Simple question. Who won the trade? Honestly, I, I truly feel all four teams came out positively. But I think that some people are kind of overlooking it, that the Nets won the trade the most they got James Harden and James Harden is where he wanted to be um it's a big what if on what's going on with Kyrie Irving and and we'll get to that soon but when you talk about having Kevin Durant and James Harden on the floor at the same time you it's it immediately becomes the next best duo behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis I don't think there's going to be too many people that would argue if any that they're not better already than uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or you know any other duo you want to take so looking at James Harden 
I think it is kind of false that James Harden can't play defense or facilitate. I think over the last two seasons, he's done more of those things. He hasn't primarily done those because he's had to score 40 a night for the Rockets to be successful. I really think we're going to see quickly James Harden become an incredibly efficient 20 to 25 points a night, 30 occasionally. And I think he's going to take down that facilitator role. I I don't think Kevin Durant can because Kevin Durant's the best player. I think he's got to score more. Um, But I really think we're going to see a lot of these two guys going back and forth on who's going to be the scorer, who's going to be the facilitator. And I think sooner rather than later, we'll see Kyrie left out of the equation. Um, When it comes to the Rockets, a lot of people are looking at all these picks, the swaps and the first rounders and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of people make the case, you know, the one and done rule could be over. You know, a lot of the best talent may be skipping the whole draft process in college. Well, they'd still be in the draft, but the college process and, you know, different things of that nature. But you look at what these picks can become in terms of trading material if they want to go get other players. Um, They can trade these first round picks, not even have to use them or the swaps. Um, I really like the Rockets starting lineup now with Christian Wood, John Wall, and Victor Oladipo in the backcourt. I think that team turns into a real contender. When it comes to the Pacers, they get a good player in Karis LeVert, but how much does it improve you losing Victor Oladipo? I feel like those players are at the same skill level. I feel like Karis, they've both had big injuries in their career. Um, It's a shame Chris LeVert, or Karis LeVert, excuse me, got separated from Jared Allen because I thought those two had a pretty nice um, relationship on the floor. Um, But the Cavs get a nice defensive center uh, to go along with Andre Drummond. That's a lot of rebounding to go with their uh, newly paired backcourt that seems to be on the rise. So I really think there's positives for all these teams, but immediate bonus, the Rockets and Nets are the two big talking points. I don't think the Pacers and Cavs will be relevant and the playoffs, like I think the Nets and Rockets could be. Interesting. I that was a lot. No, I think that's a lot of good points. Uh, first off, who got the best player? The Nets. They won this trade. Um, they lost some depth, absolutely. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, who gets the best player? Um, let's not pretend that Brooklyn was this defensive juggernaut to begin with. So it's not like they're losing a bunch of like, um, defenders and you're like, well, they're losing scoring. I mean, who's the best scorer over the last five years? It's James Harden. It ain't close. It isn't close. He's the best scorer over the last five years. So you're bringing in a player that, uh, has the ability to get 40 every night. Is he going to get 40 every night? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be the goal of this team. I mean, you, you already said he's going to need to facilitate a little bit more. Um, get some guys open looks. Obviously, your your depth did just take a hit. So uh, you're still going to have to use DeAndre Jordan more than you were using him because of how much Allen was playing at the center spot. and uh, Lots to dissect with the Nets. And I think we will sooner rather than later understand what we, we have with them. Um, the biggest question mark is something we'll get to in just a minute here. We'll dive more into that, but it's Kyrie. And I said this last night when somebody's like, this trade makes no sense. Those three won't coexist. And I said, I don't think those three need to coexist because I'm not sure Kyrie's going to be there. We'll get to that in a minute. Rockets love what they did. You're setting your team up for the future and you have a bunch of 
I don't want to call them washed up. You have a bunch of solid NBA players. None of them are getting an all-star appearance anytime soon, besides potentially Christian Wood. Victor Oladipo's not. John Wall's not. Uh, Boogie Cousins is not. Those are, again, I don't want to say washed up because they're not washed up players. They are former all-stars that will be good for your team. Help mold Christian Wood. And I think the Rockets can become better than what they just were, which is, uh, you know, in the Western standings, they're currently at three and six on the year. Yeah. 14 I'm, out of 15 teams. 14 out of 15 teams. So they're one of the worst teams in the entire league. Um, again, it's early. We're only, you mean, we're right. t- anywhere between eight to 12 games in, depending on the team. I think they, I think they improve. And I think they have a shot at, at putting themselves in the playoffs. Um, will they? I don't know. Time will tell. I think there's a lot of teams out West that have a shot to, to do something. Um, let me get to the Pacers here. Karis LeVert's an absolute is an absolute steal of a player because I believe the Pacers, when you really start to dissect this trade and see what they gave up, they basically swapped Oladipo for Levert. I'm, I almost think they got a better player. They played two different positions. Levert's more of a, he's more of a guard into a small forward and Oladipo is more of a scoring point guard slash scoring guard, shooting guard. And I think Levert is, at this point in their careers, Levert's a better player, in my opinion. Um, he has the ability to still go out and get you 30. Is he going to do it on a consistent basis? I'm not saying he's a 30-point-netted guy. Let's pause the breaks. But he can get he can get 22 to 26 a night. I really believe that's his, his ceiling right now, and he can go get you 30 if you need it. Um, I think it's a great player for the Pacers, somebody to build around. They've lacked they've lacked that, that all-star type player. Um, cause I don't believe Oladipo has even made an all-star game since he's been with the Pacers. He may have made one, yeah, obviously injuries and, and whatever not in the yeah. Cavs, the Cavs, honestly, acquiring Jarrett Allen for the Milwaukee first. Cause that's where the, that's where the Rockets get that Milwaukee first. That's from the Cavs. Um, I'm just confused by it. They have too many bigs, Kevin Love, Jarrett Allen, uh, Andre Drummond, um, there's another one I'm forgetting here. The Larry Cavs are Junior, Larry Nance. They just have literally like of their 12 or 14 roster guys. I bet you eight of them are over six to eight, <laughs> which is it's it's not uh, uh what's I mean it's not the chemist it's not the um element to win in today's NBA. It's interesting. I almost have to assume that Drummond's on the move or Love's on the move, uh, and they wanted to they wanted to actually piece around Allen. Who knows what the Cavs are doing? I, I think they're the absolute wild card in this whole thing because I thought they lost the most because they just didn't need Allen. Not that Allen's a bad player because I think he's a good player. Right, yeah. just doesn't make sense. And for me, somebody that has Allen on their fantasy team, he ain't getting any more boards. I mean, Andre Drummond's the best rebounder in the league. and has It been, could be, it, like you said, a possible another trade coming shortly for the Cavaliers. Because yeah. they do have a lot of bigs they could ship out for a potential guard, small small forward type type playmaker. So that 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 could make sense here shortly. But as of right now, you I agree with you. They've got they've got too many bigs, and kind of a shooting league. They've got a lot of big men. It just yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a really weird dynamic. But the Rockets got an absolute haul. They have to be okay with losing. I'm I'm sorry. 
you're never okay with losing a star player, but if you can get a haul, you'll live with it. If you look in the long term, the Rockets, they acquired Harden, and it fell short of a championship, but they made it to the playoffs eight straight years, which no other team did. They were constantly in the mix. They were a fun watch. They had a star, brought in a ton of revenue, and when it fell apart at the very end, they were able to get seven, you know, three picks, four swaps, a couple players. Like it didn't end in a championship. You know, it, it's not the perfect, perfect world. But the Rockets had a good run with Harden. And I look at like uh, what Chuck, you know, Kinnebrew was putting up on on the Real Talk Facebook page. You know, still got a, still got a lot of love for Harden. He gave Houston a a ton of great memories through eight years. But you know, it's time to move on, and it's. The NBA is mobile. You can't get too attached to players wearing a certain jersey anymore. Yeah, it is 100% a player's league. It, I mean, player mobility is at an all-time high. Um, speaking of player mobility, I don't want to leave this conversation until we talk about this. I don't think it's a coincidence that Kevin Durant, James Harden, I'm forgetting people, so many players are leaving the Western Conference. Oh, yeah, because of Braun coming to the West. What? It's easy. It's easy. He, it, literally, I mean, it's just like people are bouncing left and right. They want out. They don't want to be in the West. Yeah, Harden's two destinations were, were uh, also Conference. Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to say it's a direct correlation, but like, all that we're doing is addressing a pattern. That's it. all we can do. We can just yeah. let you guys know to don't overlook the fact that everyone was moving out west or there for 15 years. Bron comes over, takes the chip, and they just start start moving out east. There they yeah. go, one at a time. Like, let's, let's go try and fight Giannis because that's easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to play the LA teams. We'll just we'll go out east and but it. It's really making for a very fun competitive league. There's so many players everywhere. Like yeah. so many good teams. It's it's really fun. You know, we we were just talking, you know, it's early about the Rockets being 14th out of 15th. They're only 5 games behind out of first. It's not like yeah. Yeah. teams are blown out of the water yet. Yeah. Well, let's talk about another piece for the for the Nets. Kyrie hasn't shown up to practice or a game in in at least 4 days. He's missed 4 games, I'm sorry. So it's been like two weeks since he's been, yeah, two weeks. yeah, he's been a no show and, uh, I don't want to get too much into, uh, mental health or what he's doing off the court, which, um, it sounds like per all the reports are, it's in good nature. He's trying to help with, um, um, the black lives movement and, and social justice and all that stuff. And that's all great, but you're, you're making, 30 plus million dollars to play basketball and you haven't showed up. So um, I guess the first question is, do you think he's going to play basketball this year? Um, I do. I think he will come back, but I just wonder if it's kind of like, you know, you hear whispers inside the building, you know, things that are going on. And to me, it's just, it's awfully coincidental that, Kyrie disappears and then they bring in James Harden. It almost makes me feel like he's pouting, like he's mad that they're bringing in James Harden. They knew how hard that the organization was pushing for a third star. He doesn't want it. He wants to be the king of Brooklyn. 
He's already kind of having, you know, from what some people look at as a little bit of a power struggle, it almost looks like with Durant on the floor. Off the floor, they're cool. But on the floor, it just seems awkward when you're watching them. Like, they're both good ISO scores, but they're not really working together, it doesn't feel like. And then, you know, he, he goes rogue. The reports really start to surface a couple of days ago. And then Harden's here. Like, it just makes me think that, you know, I don't want to assume he's doing anything wrong or right, but it just the, the timing of it is awfully odd to me that he disappears and then Harden comes in. It almost makes it makes me feel like he's pouting. Well, GM, Nets GM Sean Marks uh, came out with two statements. First said, um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie both committed to James Harden and basically saying that they want him there per the GM. Who knows mm-hmm. if that's true? Um, he also said that while they're disappointed Kyrie isn't there, um, they are they are looking forward to having him back. So it doesn't sound like they're looking to move on without him. So all I can do is assume he's not lying. That's correct. If, if Kyrie comes back. Okay, so we're just going to have to see if it works. It, it's It's almost impossible to predict. We've never seen... We've seen big threes in power teams, but we've never seen three guys who play the exact same way with, like, what seems to be superior egos as well. Like, this is the ultimate chemistry experiment. But And we can we can assume that their defense is going to be bad and that that's what's going to keep them from reaching the ultimate goal of a championship. Yeah. But how do you guard this team? Like, how do you, how do you guard this team? It doesn't it is. make sense. It's incredibly fascinating because if they all start to get their minutes but play at different times to where they each have their own takeover periods throughout the game, I mean, it's just because you're going to have two of those guys on the floor almost at all times. They'll kind of just overlap each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where the depth starts to come in. There's a lot of free agents out there. You know, we shared a lot of older vets and things like that. But if they can get a rim protector, maybe another three-point shooter to go with Harris, there's not if you were to say who's the top five ISO scores in the NBA, you're not leaving out any of the three that are on the nuts. Not one of them. No. And they They're, might be one, they, two, and three. Maybe. They might be. I mean, legitimately as far as ISO scores go, their top those three are top ten all time. Right. It's, yeah. I mean it's it, you'd you would be hard pressed to leave one of them off your top ten ISO scores of all time list. Right. I mean, it's, so, it is it is very interesting dynamic they have there. Um, their ceiling is an NBA championship. Yes. But, uh, you know, their ceiling fan that blocks you from getting to the ceiling is LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who do gel. We do know they gel. They yeah. work. Um, will those three work? I'll say this. I'll make my prediction. I think they are better. And this is crazy. I think they're better if Kyrie doesn't come back. Absolutely. I don't know that the three of them will work as far as titles go. They're going to win games. Period. Yeah. Random Tuesday night, they period. can drop 100 between the three of them. Yes, they will win games. You mark my damn words. But will they win titles in playoff series? I don't know. I think Harden and KD would. Um, just because there's just one less mouth to feed, one less pressure to pass the ball in a, in a situation where you feel like you could score – um, I don't know. I, I just know 
Durant can play defense. Harden Harden's defense has been improving. Kyrie's a liability. But I feel like if this team does a good enough job, you, you could really get 75 a night out of those three. They're just that good and that consistent of scores. And this team is going this team is going to get in the bonus, I feel like, quickly on a lot of teams. I feel like they're going to draw a lot of fouls. Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. I just feel like teams could – the Nets could play some long televised games because I think they could just be at the line so much. I think they're just a nightmare offensively. To stop those guys from scoring, you know, in, in a seven-game stretch once you hit the playoffs, it, yeah. it, it's going to be a lot of fun because Harden's not even in shape yet. Harden basically came in, dropped 30, like, seven points. Then he took a game off, and then he's like, I'm just going to score 18, so they trade me. I, I mean, he, you could tell he didn't want to play. No, and, completely just yeah, and, and no one walking can argue. around. So this team's – I'll tell you what, I own the NBA League Pass. It'll be hard-pressed for me to not have the Nets on when they're playing because Absolutely. it's just going to be so fun to watch, whether it – whether it goes good or bad, this team's incredibly fascinating. Yeah. I will say this. I'm not going to – I learned my lesson on this just watching sports. The heat took a bit. But once they got going, they rolled off like 27 in a row, 28 in a row. It's like the second longest winning streak in NBA history. I'm not saying the Nets are going to be like that, but they have the ability to lose five games in a row get it figured out and win 15 in a row. Like they are that talented. They're that good. I'm not going to overreact if they lose a couple in a row, but it seems like they're moving. They're getting 25 a night by these guys. The other thing that's good too, is I know he may not seem worried about it, but now if Kyrie comes back, they have the ability to say, Hey Durant, why don't you take this Thursday night against the Hornets off, you know, rest up that Achilles, you know, I know you're feeling good, but, just just take a night off, and you have Harden and Kyrie out there. You know, let them get a whole game to figure each other out. You know, and now you put Durant and, and Harden in the game where, you know, the good thing is Harden and Durant have played before. Different players at that point in their career, but still the same guys. So it's like you give them games to gel, and they're all just such good scores that it's just. They this can has, all hit the three. This, all making it an ISO three. I know every. I don't want to say no. I feel everyone's first reaction, including mine, is, oh, God, a bunch of divas getting together who can score, and it's going to go. It's just going to be bad. Wait till they sell Kyrie or figure something out. Let's, we're already looking to next year, maybe, after they can figure out the roster. This thing has a real chance to be nuclear. This mm-hmm. thing has a chance to be completely unstoppable because we've never seen – offensive firepower like this and I think we this is even worse than the Warriors the Warriors were a complete team that had three-point shooting I think this team is a different beast and I think like with their their nice court and their black jerseys like kind of like a Raiders feel they kind of feel like the villains of the league you know like those three guys that are just a little bit different a little odd but get buckets yeah they all get buckets. buckets is what they should be called and another fun fact, and this coach goes completely under the radar. Nobody's really talking about this. Um, the head coach is Steve Nash. Do you know who their assistant coach is? Dan Tony. <laughs> James there. Harden's like, no, 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 no. You can fire my guy, but I'm going to find my guy. Bold take. Bold, hot take right here. Kyrie doesn't come back. 
Uh-oh. Nash suits up. Mike D'Antoni takes the head coaching spot. <laughs> Steve Nash running Nash points. Suits he'll, up. he'll facilitate. Let's go. Yeah. He's Good like a fit guy. <laughs> well, let's, uh, you ready for the mailbag? Yeah, we can run it. Yeah, let's get some mailbag going here. I don't know if these are exactly in order as they came in, but I think I have all the questions, though. So yeah. let's start with Corey Johnson. Says, with all the COVID updates the NBA is enacting, teams depleted due to COVID injuries, what do you think the season comes down to in regards to a tighter run and ultimately a championship? Two things. Mental toughness and roster depth and experience. Those are the only things I can think of right off the top of my head. You know who has all those things? Typically, LeBron James. I, uh, Corey, thanks for asking the question. Um, yeah. Another fellow um, ex-Minardian. Um, I figured you would kind of pick up on the on the real talk stuff once basketball season hit. I know you're a big fan. But um, basically, you're going to have to take it in stride. It, it, you're going to have to have leadership because you're going to have to be able to have the guys – you know, who are at the forefront of your team, follow all the COVID protocols, follow everything, and basically be an extension of the coaching staff and, and keep it. You know, it's really helpful if they were in the bubble last year, knowing kind of what it takes. So I think that's a big thing. But two, I think it's just going to, like, like you said, it's going to come down to mental toughness. The NBA is a long season. You get to the playoffs, and then, you know, if they do a bubble again, I think they'll need to. I think if COVID's still a thing, they'll have to redo the bubble. But I think having done it once, it'll go pretty smoothly. Um, but I don't know if players who were in the bubble last time are open to doing that again. It's, it's an interesting question because from what all the players say, it was a really tough experience. It was really hard. It, it wasn't fun. And I don't know if players want to do that again. Um, I think the season's going well so far. You're going to have games postponed. You're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to make it up. It's not going to be perfect. But I think so far through, through a month, They've done a phenomenal job. So in terms of what it takes to, to win a title, you got to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I also think because they have the playing games, eight, eight plays 10, I'm sorry, seven plays 10, eight plays okay. nine, because they have that, they have more room to cancel games if need be. And if a team only plays 75 games and they're in their fourth that's okay with them, I'm sure. I haven't heard that for a fact, but I know that's going to be the case. They're going to be okay if we don't get in 82 games. It is just yeah. what it is what it is. Technically, only 10 of the 30 teams aren't making the playoffs. Yeah. So you really have to take it slow and steady and, you know, just it's a long season. I there, There's still so much that has to go on, but I don't I don't have the answer to that, I guess, Corey. I think it's just going to take, you know, some some very political typical answers, or answers mental toughness, leadership, you got to win games, but I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't know. I can't answer it without being super vague. I feel. Okay. Um, he has another question here and he kind of, he just has like a bullet point. So I'm going to kind of turn it into a question. Do you foresee any big trades from your quote unquote super teams? Um, I'm going to include the nets, even though they just had one. Do you think of another trade, uh, the Lakers, the box, uh, your Sixers, or do you foresee another trade this season that is the magnitude? Not Maybe not of Harden, because we don't see top 10 players traded often. That's very new. But do you think another blockbuster trade happens? Um, I don't think – I think all the teams that are kind of at the top or near the top have their one or two set stars, and they're just going to roll with it. Um, 
I don't know any team that would be looking to make a trade. I heard that the 76ers were willing to let go of Ben Simmons, I believe, if it was to acquire James Harden. Does that mean they're out on Ben Simmons or if it's only for Harden? I mean, I don't know how far I want to go on that, but I feel like the only team I would have said there would have been a trade is if the Kawhi Leonard Paul George thing would have blown up early in the year, but they seem to be playing just fine. The team is playing well, and both those stars are playing well. So I don't see another blockbuster trade, but with that being said, it's the NBA. I wouldn't be shocked if there was one. Um, For me, I don't think it'll be a big-time team, like a super team, quote-unquote. Quote I just think the Lakers – first off, look at the Lakers. I think they're happy with where they're at. Will they sign a uh, – you know, somebody that gets released right after the deadline, maybe, you know, a, a lot of championship teams make one final move, but they're not usually trading or maybe they trade a bench player for, you know, somebody that's available, but I don't think it's a blockbuster. I could see a team like Utah or a team like Denver, um, potentially even a team like the Celtics or the Sixers who are in that third, fourth, fifth spot. They're good enough to win a title, but they're just too far down trying to find somebody that's available who that player is. I don't know. I think we'll know as the season progresses, but right now I think you would, I think you would probably agree with this. Denver's not good enough to beat the Lakers. They just need another piece. How do they go get that piece? Are they trading for it? Are they just seeing where they stand? I can't imagine Denver's okay with where they stand. I think a Lakers team, probably a Clippers team. um, I would assume the nets are somewhat okay as of right now, but, the Bucks, I think, are, are okay with where they stand. Uh, I think there's probably some more trades on the horizon. I just don't know to what magnitude of blockbuster, so to speak. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we'll keep it moving. Dan, this is, okay, another bubble question, but um, he says, do you foresee an eventual bubble unless these guys can't stay out of the bars? It's a possibility. Like, you, you had kind of already talked about it. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I don't want to predict one, but I mean, it's definitely there. I, I think I'm going to say no. I think if they were going to do a bubble, they would have had to do it from the beginning. I don't think they could get the players to buy into another bubble. If the whole regular season goes how it's going like now, um, right. now I could see the NBA being more favorable than the NFL in terms of like, Oh, Anthony Davis has COVID. He's out seven days we're going to postpone this playoff series. But if it's like Dennis Schroeder, we'll play it. Like yeah. I, I, they will maybe cater to stars and that will aggravate some people. But at the end of the day, we won't want to see our stars play in the NBA. That's what most people are watching for if they don't have a dedicated team. So I could see the NBA being more favorable in that sense. But I don't think they could get 16 teams and all their players to agree on a bubble when the whole regular season they didn't need one. Yeah. Uh, Corey, coming back here. With uh, Dan and Tony and Harden having an easier shot, arguably in the East, will they make it? Will they make it with arguably the three biggest personalities? We kind of already answered this in our in our take, but in short, is this three man group gonna make it? Meaning, let's let's say make it as in Eastern Conference Finals. It's gonna depend on matchups. But I, they're not making it out of the East. Okay. 
but they have a really, really good chance of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I guess I say that because I really think the East has like four, four really, really stout defensive teams. And it was more of like a scoring duel out in the West as to where the East, it's a little more physical. There's, there's a, a lot more like, I guess, focus on defense focus is a but it's more of a priority I guess is what I'm trying to say so I don't think they will make it out of the east and I'm going to stick with my 76ers for now I haven't seen enough out of other teams to make me bail on my 76ers pick through 12 games yeah uh Corey Johnson again and this is last question though LaMelo Ball is he changing the Hornets future is he gonna flame out it's not your fantasy team. I'll let you answer it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Let me start here. Back before the draft, there was rumors that the Pistons were trying to trade up to one to get LaMelo Ball. If they couldn't get him, they were going to stay put, but they were trying to get up to number one. They never ended up getting there. I wanted LaMelo Ball. I knew he wasn't going to fall. We, I think we had the fifth pick, maybe six pick. He wasn't going to fall to us. I knew that. But I wanted to trade up and go at one and get him. I think he can really play. He can really shoot it. Um, he seems to be able to facilitate. He seems like he's kind of like a, a Showtime-esque player. Lots of high, He's a even higher at real. Let's just call him that. You know, I know it's early, but uh, I think he's I think he's part of the future. I think that it's working. Um, I mean, as of right now, he seems like he is already better than Lonzo. And Lonzo's still in the league, so. Yeah, Um, LaMelo Ball, his his court vision doesn't need any work. He's a phenomenal passer and and playmaker. Um, He's so young. Give him two to three years in the league in in an NBA weight room and to just work on his shot a little bit. But his ball handling, his facilitating, I think he was an absolute home run pick. I think he's there to build the future. And honestly, Gordon Hayward's playing better than I thought like he could play. Like I've always thought Gordon Hayward was like kind of like a third player on a team. He's definitely a great piece for them. And Mike Michael Bridges is coming around a little bit. This Hornets team is still a few pieces away, but having LaMelo Ball, I think, is maybe going to attract some people to, to Charlotte, you know, Michael Jordan's team. So I think it was an absolute home run. He's definitely there for the future. He's played 12 games, so I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and try to overreact. Right. But he's shooting, and this is the NBA. This is, I mean, he already played in a professional league that wasn't college, so he does have a little bit of a. Uh, I mean, he's had some competitive basketball in his background, but through 12 games, he's averaging 11.7 points per game, seven rebounds, and six assists. And he's not yeah. the starting point well, guard. He ain't the point guard. Well, yeah, he's the youngest to drop a triple-double. Uh, he's a good player, man. He's 6'8", 180 pounds, and you said it. You nailed it. Give him so, an NBA weight room. He's going to be a solid player. Uh, we'll keep it moving. Jared Redding. Should Kyrie Irving retire? I'll make, I'll make mine quick, real quick. Yep. If you aren't going to show up this week, retire. Stop. I'm not telling anybody what to do with their money. There's a lot of money at stake here, okay? I think he still gets it. The NBA NBA contracts are, like, fully guaranteed. So he would some, still get this money. Um, I don't know when they're actually obligated to pay it, but he would get that money. Uh, at the end of the day, show up. 
ball or don't. I mean, it's it's not hard. Now, I'm going to take Colin Cowherd's statement, or uh, Chris Broussard's, I'm sorry. When you retire from this league, you're probably going to be around 30 to 35 years old, 35 at the max. There's plenty of times to chase any kind of social justicing dreams you have or even do that in the offseason. Nobody's telling you that you can't go battle the world, but you also have an obligation. You have a job. Yep. Um, I guess for me, it doesn't have to be as permanent as retire, but if it is for mental health or whatever you feel you need to, and the team is willing to work with you, I mean, you got to restructure your contract so that they're not paying you to not play. And also there should be communication on when you're coming back because nobody knows. And uh, it's the lack of communication. I've never liked Kyrie, but I've never been, you know, not one to notice his talents. Um, I don't know if it needs to be retire, but like the amount of unknown on the Kyrie Irving right now is kind of baffling. Especially when they just made a blockbuster trade and in, in, in my opinion, should have included, should have included him and that it didn't, you should be excited get your butt back to the court. Yeah. So this one also coming in from Jared Lakers or the field Lakers aren't even trying. And they're the only team in the top six in both. <coughs> sorry. Both sorry. offensive and defensive rating. Lakers. Or the field. There's no reason to take the field. The Lakers until, until a couple, like if LeBron's healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy before the season, they were the favorites. Me and you on the podcast said they're the favorites. They're going to get better. They're the defending champs. And I truly believe they're better than any of us thought they would be thus far through the season. Like you got LeBron doing no look threes. You got Dennis Schroeder playing ball. Mark Gasol's, you know, had only like two shots last night and he played really impactful minutes. Kyle Kuzma's getting boards playing hungry. It's like the whole team just looks good and they go, they go 11 deep. I I mean, it's just, it's unfair right now, and for anybody to think that anyone can beat this Lakers team four times in seven games, I, I don't know what you're watching. They, they just look so much better than everyone else. Yeah, I mean, we just witnessed. Um, we talked about mental toughness a second ago to get to an NBA bubble, to get through um, you know, a, a title run in today's league. They built a brotherhood in that bubble. I think Bron said they were in there for like 93 days or something like that. I mean, that's a third of the year. Right. You're, you're locked in hotel rooms with your, with your brothers, you know, I mean, they're, they're the team to beat. It's not close. Um, as of right now, there's a couple of teams that are nipping at their heels, but they are easily at the top of the ladder and everybody else is kind of wondering where they need to be. Uh, jury's still out on obviously the nets and the Clippers and, uh, Bucks. There's a lot of teams out there, but right now it's the Lakers, and, and they're definitive. Uh, last one coming from Jared. Since Harden will be on the trade at this time tomorrow, who wins the trade, and does anything? Who wins the trade, and does it change anything for either team in the rest of the NBA? So we already talked about who won the trade, but what does it do for the rest of the NBA? Is there any is there any other shakeups because of this? No. I mean, the Rockets, you know, are going to have better team morale, but a little bit less talent, obviously, losing yeah. James Hart. And the Nets, like you alluded to, they they were never a dominating defensive team. They were going to try and outscore you, and they're doubling down on that. So, yeah. I mean, it didn't change the way you look at these teams, but, you know, I, I 
think it makes both of them a little bit more scary. Like I said, I think they both won the trade. I think you fear them both for different reasons. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't have much more to say on that. Jen Fisher, how do you think Billy Donovan will do with the Bulls? So that's he, a good uh, question. Yeah. Let me let me start this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're four and seven, so not great as far as record goes. But in the Eastern Conference, they're fourth in scoring, 116 points a game. I mean, if you can score 116 points a game, you're going to be just fine this season. Uh, they're giving up 121 points a game. They still have Zach Levine, who's top five in the league in scoring right now. He's dropping like 28 a game, 27 yep. or some a game. 27.7. 27.7. So, I mean, they're they're fine. I just don't know. They don't have any superstars. Zach Levine, in my opinion, is a good player. He's not a great player. He would be a very good three, a solid two. Um, the fact that he's a one is the Bulls' problem. I, I think you're doing him a little bit discredit. I don't think he's a one, but I think he's a pretty he's a really good two. I mean, like you said, he's top five in the league in scoring for what it's worth. I mean, in terms of, you know, no crowd, you're gonna have to generate your own momentum. He's he's a dunk contest winner, he's a highlight play, he can get the team really going. Yeah. But you know, kind of going back to a previous question, if there was a team to package a, some players and some picks to go get a second star or superstar to pair i think the bulls could use it the the east is you know you've got like your four or five teams up at the top but then there's those four or five extra playoff spots that i think the bulls could really capitalize if they could get one piece maybe a two-way player because like you said scoring 116 a game you just need a little help on defense and maybe another guy who can get you 18 to 25 a night so I think Billy Donovan's doing fine. He just he doesn't have the roster to, to win a lot of games in the NBA right now. Yeah, I agree. This one comes in from Chuck Kinnebrew. Uh, who will win most improved player of the year? I I think there's only two choices right now, and that's Interesting, Jer- Jeremy have... Grant and Wood. Ooh, Christian Wood. Okay, that's a good one. I actually left him. I didn't think about him. That is a good one. Jeremy Grant for sure um, in the East. So right now he's averaging 24.8 points per game. It's over 50% higher than his career average. Yeah, I think we were talking about this a few days ago before we got the mailbag questions. That his be- his been best season is 13 points. He's a career average of like nine points a game. So he's having a tremendous year. Uh, for me, though, in the West, and this you're going to kind of laugh this off, but CJ McCollum. He's averaging 28 points a game. That's five points up of what he typically does. It, it, and in his career, I shouldn't say typically, his career high is 23 points a game. It was like five years ago. He's up five points over that right now. It's early. Right. C.J. McCollum, if he takes that next step, a lot of good teams in today's league have two guys. The Blazers have had two guys. But unfortunately, a lot of teams have had three. Now not too many people have three. Yeah. If you put their two versus other people's two and CJ's dropping 28 a night and Dame's dropping 28 a night, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I guess just for like minor argument's sake, CJ McCollum definitely improved. And his like, he's going from A minus to A plus. His stature's just yeah. higher. But I Christian think Wood, Jeremy sure. Grant and it. Christian Wood, they're coming from like, we didn't even know who Jeremy Grant played for last year. And he was in the Western conference finals with the nuggets yeah. and Christian Wood, people are like, 
Yeah, he's on the Rockets now, but like he was just some dude in Detroit. Young guy looks like he's got some upside, and they're like legitimate starters in the top, you know, ten to twenty in some categories around the league. Like every day, you're waking up, you're hitting your Instagram, and there's a Christian Wood stat line that he just lit it up last night, and it's like those two guys came from like who are they to almost everyone knows who they are. So I really like the big, the most improved. But yeah, CJ yeah. McCollum playing lights out. He's second in the league in scoring right now. Uh, this one's coming in from Nate. Uh, again, lots on the Nets here. Uh, yeah. Obvious, obviously, please address the Nets trade. How does this affect the Nets? Move them up or down in the power rankings? Um, how does this affect them? They got better. They got better. They added a top ten player in this league. We both have them in our top ten: Harden and Durant. So they got two top ten players. Um, the team that won the title last year had two top 10 players. So it's a good recipe. Okay. And, uh, does it move it up or down the power rankings? I mean, they're currently seven and six. I would assume it moves them up. Yeah. And my power rankings for the season, I believe I had them third in the East. Um, I actually have them fourth in the East. Now the Celtics are playing way better than I thought they would, but, um, they're still a team that they're going to be on their home court first round of the playoffs and no team is going to want a piece of them. So I think they stay neutral. But, you know, my opinions might change after seeing four or five games and figuring out what's going on with Kawhi. There's almost just too many question marks to try and predict everything because we're trying to judge a puzzle and we're missing a lot of the pieces. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the questions. Um, we're going to take a second and we're going to try and power rank the East and the West thus far in the season. Um, Go ahead and start with the East. Yeah, um, in no particular order. Um, I have we'll just I have the Nets in there. You know, I'll order them right now. I didn't want to put them down here, but I know my order. Uh, number four, I got the Nets. They're seven and six right now. They're on a two-game win streak, and obviously they add Harden. There's a lot of unknown, but what I do know is <clears throat> when you just when you're not prepared for the Nets and you just played Tuesday and you come and play them Thursday. They don't really have to formulate a game plan. It's just get the ball to one of your three dominant scorers, and we're just going to get buckets. So I have them at, th at four. <clears throat> at three, I have the Celtics. They're on a four-game win streak. That's tied for longest in the league currently. Um, they're playing really good. Um, I feel like Jason Tatum has completely stolen the thunder, and maybe rightfully so, but people got to start talking about Jalen Brown more. Um, those two guys are a lethal duo and they've got depth on that team. Tristan Thompson, you know, added for a big man. Marcus Smart's got an increased role and they haven't even seen Kemba Walker yet. So this team's got plenty of upside. Um, number two, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks on a three game win streak. Giannis first three games was like, man, what happened to Giannis? Like, where'd he go? He's not, he's struggling. What's happening. And then Giannis just went full Giannis the last few, few uh, weeks, two weeks in a row. He's just been dominant. And uh, number one, I'm sticking with my East team from the beginning of the year, 76ers, eight and four, Joel Embiid putting together maybe an MVP campaign, playing really good basketball. Doc Rivers has this team playing good, flowing in and out. Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, both playing well. And if we're talking about one of the best additions in the league, Seth Curry coming over from the Mavs, man, he's shooting a league high 59% from beyond the arc, and he's averaging 17 points a game. So what a pickup that turned out to be. He's absolutely, he's their new J.J. Redick. So I like, I like Philadelphia is still the number one team in the East. Um, Just real quick, 
I did leave out the Magic. They're six and five. They're on a three-game lose losing streak. I don't think that's going to hold up. And the Pacers, you know, they're going to have a new squad now. Oladipo's out. Karis Levert's. I, I want to see a little bit more from them, but they missed the cut barely. Who is so? Who's a dark horse? Who's just missing the cut? Who's who's that team that you think is next? Who's fifth? Uh, honestly, if I had to pick one right now, I really like what's going on with the Hornets with Lamelo Ball and Gordon Hayward and Michael Bridges. I really like what they're putting together in Charlotte. I'd put them at five. Sometimes I think you know we're just <laughs> we're, we're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, I'll go ahead and start off with with my East um, number four, the Nets. So they're seven and six, but Durant missed, I believe, at least three games due to COVID, maybe even four. Kyrie's missed four. They haven't even played with Harden. Seven and six is not a direct reflection of what this team is. Nets are very good. Uh, Coming in at number three, it's the Sixers. Um, I like the Sixers, but I'm wondering, with all the trade talk, um, now that it's over, are they going to go up? Are they going to go down? You know, Simmons was almost packaged in a trade. Where does that leave this team? Uh, Curry's been great. Embiid's been great. Uh, Doc Rivers really has this team. It's this is the best Sixers team we've seen, in my opinion, in the Joel Embiid era, which is saying something because they've been solid. Coming in at number two, and for me, this was actually easy to leave them at two. I almost moved them at three. They're eight and four. It's the Bucks. But listen to this: they're five and zero. Oh, in what I mentioned back in the um, the preview show. The, they play in the worst division in all of basketball. It ain't close. Okay, they're five and zero against those teams. In that division, it's the Bulls, the Pacers, the Pistons, and the Cavs. The Pacers are the only one with a pulse. Okay, so outside of their own division, they're three and four. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Bucks as if they're um, all almighty, but they are good. They're definitely good, and they definitely deserve to be talked about as uh, a top four team. I just don't know that they're better than this team, the Celtics. They've won four in a row. I mean, they're they're seven and three. They're they're currently dealing with some uh, COVID issues. I don't know if it's them or who they're playing, but they've missed some games. Uh, and Jalen Brown, uh, he's questionably been better than Tatum this year. And if that's the case, this is a very good basketball team. My dark horse, it's the Hornets. Lamelo Ball has been a solid addition. Terry Rozier has really stepped up versus what he was last year. Um, Bridges has been great. Uh, this like. As you alluded to, everything that you said is perfect. I mean, the Hornets are they're right there. So uh, I'll go ahead and start off at the West this time. Coming in at number four, it's the Blazers. A lot of that has to do with C.J. McCollum. Uh, 28 points per game, which is second in the league, and they've won four in a row. Uh, for me, number three is the Suns, man. Chris Paul. Is there anything else to say? Chris Paul has got this team playing and uh, dating back to the bubble. They're 17-4. and four. I mean, this is something, a click, uh, like a, a switch flipped, and now they added Chris Paul. This is a good basketball team. Uh, coming in at number two, the Clippers, for the obvious reasons. We placed them at number two before the season started. Both of us had them at number two. I think you may have last second switched it to Denver, but the Clippers are a darn good basketball team. They have Kawhi dealing with a face injury. They have PG. Um, it's going to work out. Number one in the undisputed number one team in the league, LA Lakers. It ain't close. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder's been a dog. Marcus Saul's been a dog. It's not too often you win a title and you get better. They did 100%. Montrezl uh, Harrell's been a nightmare for other teams. He's been so good. Yeah. 
and my dark horse right now, I wouldn't put them at number five. Like on my last, my last power rank or the Hornets, I kind of potentially put them at five. But for me here, this is just a dark horse. Somebody keep in mind, it's the Rockets. They let go of a rock room cancer. They brought in Victor Oladipo. Um, we'll see. I mean, we can only, I think they have more depth than they've ever had. Um, watch out for the Rockets. It could be bad. It could be, it could, it could be good. Who knows? <clears throat> All right. I'm a little hurt, but uh, differing on the Western Conference is going to be A-OK. We agree on number one. I'll go one to four here. One, Lakers, two, Clippers. Everything you just said, Lakers are the best team. We've gone over that. Clippers, eight and four. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they're working it out with a new coach, and they're still eight and four. They're going to be just fine. Now, when it comes to, you know, actual standings, from six wins and seven wins, there's six different teams in the West. So it's kind of just, who do you like? Yeah. Who do you really like? At number three, I've got the Trailblazers. Four-game win streak. C.J. McCollum's playing out of his, like, we're not even really talking about Dame. And he's playing really well, too. So right now, I believe, you know, I haven't really thought about it before saying this, but I think right now they have the best backcourt in the league. Um, They're the the third highest scoring team in the league. They're really moving. We'll see how Kyrie and Harden play together. Um, But right now, I fancy their backcourt. At number four, I have the Mavericks. They're six and four. They're on a four-game win streak. Um, And I barely had them ahead of the Utah Jazz simply because they have my MVP candidate who's playing as such. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists a game, shooting just shy of 47% from the field, and they just got Chris Stapp's Porzingis back last game. He looked really good. Look for them to beat the Bucks tomorrow night. Um, and barely left off. The Suns are playing hot, but I really like the Jazz. They're 7-4. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert. It's like the team that's like – you look at them and like, they're always good, but you're just kind of like, why? Like, they don't seem like they have like the talent, but this team has had the same coach for a while. They, they gel really well. They know where each other are going to be. They can talk without speaking. They're all on the same page. And the Utah Jazz, I like them right outside. Um, like you said, we'll see what the Rockets can do, but I predicted them to miss the playoffs. And um, I don't know if I'm changing over on that yet. So. But those are my top four. Your Mavericks are fourth in the league in plus minus. I mean, they're you have a fair you have a fair argument. Um, you had the Suns in their top four or not? I did not have them in the top five because I have the Jazz there. Suns would be right outside at six. Yeah. I like the way Curry is playing with the Warriors. Nuggets haven't looked like we wanted them to. So I mean, that's fair. I think I, I think that's I, your top six. Yeah. Okay. Because if Curry well, twists an ankle, they lose without him. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that's a wrap. I don't have anything else. No, I guess I would just say, like, one kind of shocking thing for me is the Raptors are 2-8. and eight. It. What happened? You know or what's, what's funny? I'll plug myself for a second. Um, back on, the pre- on the, our prediction show, we had overachievers, underachievers. Mm-hmm. I had the the Raptors as an overachiever in the East because I truly thought they would get in the playoffs, but didn't deserve to be. They just don't have the talent to get there. Well, it looks like I was partially right. They don't have the talent to be up. I'm sorry. If you look at the East, as weird as the East has been, every That's team has team. a star and the East doesn't. In, in uh, Siakam, we put him in our top 
25. He's been bad. The Raptors honestly have to start thinking to themselves, like, we gave a lot of money to Fred Van Fleet. Who's actually been good. He's been their best player. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I don't know. Raptors are a mess. Yeah, my Um, underachiever was the Heat. I thought they were just kind of like a Cinderella last year, and right now they're at the nine seed, four and five. It's kind of like you'd like for them to be a little bit more dominant than they are, but they just kind of look lost a little bit. It... I think part of it is just uh, they're probably set up to make a playoff run. They just got to get there. Who knows, though? I mean, it just they've had a lot of talks about um, about potential trades and and Gordon Drogic wasn't hasn't actually been the starting point guard. It's been more Tyler Hero. Well, (laughs) I guess looking at their losses, they've lost to the Bucks. They've lost to the Mavs, they've lost to the Celtics, and they've lost to the 76ers. So four of their five losses are a really good team. So yeah. I guess I can't punish them too much. And like you said, it's early. They've played nine games. Yeah. Well, I think we uh, I think we summed up NBA Thursday. So Yeah. Um, the, the NBA is a storyline league, guys. I don't know if we'll be doing too many, you know, just straight power ranking episodes like we did for the NFL. You know, this whole you know, it, it's going to, we're going to need a lot of your guys' feedback to help us get through the NBA here. You know, we like talking about the NBA, but if you guys see something, you know, how do you think this team's doing? Like MVP talk, you know, different stuff like that. Feel free to uh, hit us up with questions that you want us to discuss on the pod if you enjoy listening, because, you know, NBA is a little bit different of a ball game than the NFL here. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the, the, the Nets-Rockets trade last night, I don't know that we go an hour today, but um because of it we did so let us know what you guys want to hear about nba stuff we'll talk about it we love it hope you guys do too and uh you know luca friend of the pod he's been balling out and you know so yeah all right well we will uh see you guys next time thanks for listening and uh take care go pistons oh mavs baby luca